What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. Welcome to our Week 10 Monday Night Football postgame show. The Chicago Bears drop their fourth straight as they lost to the Vikings 19-13. to Yeah, it was 21 days ago that we had a 5-1 football team looking to improve the 6-1, take the NFC North, at least, by storm. And here we are 21 days later, 5 and was it five and five and we're entering the bye week and I have no idea what is in store, but honestly, Nick, I do not want to find out. I'm here as well to wit. Join with me, of course, is my co-host Nicholas Moriano. We are here for our week 10 post game show. Uh, it's late here Monday night. Nick, neither you or I actually want to be doing this show right now, just from everything that we saw from this putrid offense yet again, but we're big boys. We can do this. I know you were uh, pretty disgruntled, to say the least, when we first hopped onto the stream, getting things set up before we went live. Hi, hanging in there, man. Oh, I mean, it's it's awful, Will. Um, seeing that game, and especially because it was in 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 grass, right? Like the defense kept this team in the game the entire way, all the way up to the fourth quarter, nineteen thirteen. It was one score game, but this offense has taken a new low. Like each each game, Will. Each game, the offense finds a way to become worse than the previous week, regardless of who's calling plays, who's at quarterback. That's that's what's going on, and it is so frustrating to watch. I, you know, I'm tweeting out people should be fired, people should be gone, but it's beginning to that point to where the frustration is just boiling over for me, and I know a lot of Bears fans, but. We'll talk about it, unfortunately, but I'm not doing good. Like I, I started the show eating Taco Bell. I like I don't even like Taco Bell all that much, but that's that's the kind of night 
that's happening right now because of this Bears offense being as awful as it is. Now, of course, Taco Bell, not a sponsor of the show, but if you want to, <laughs> let us know. Uh, we're always open uh, to those sorts of opportunities. Um, but, Nick, uh, someone just said it in the chat. Jeez, oh, where did it go? Uh, I'll find it in just a moment. Um, but the, it hit right on the nose, and it's just the most – depressing way to enter a bye week like uh, imaginable not just losing four straight which i said in a preview show like that's hard to do in the nfl to lose four straight uh on top of that the offense taking another step backwards even though there was some reason for mild super mild hope uh didn't have any of that uh coming out of this one we'll talk about the numbers and things of that nature and then of course at the very end of the game nick Foles goes down to an injury has to get carted off within the final minute of this game too so you lose the quarterback you lose the game, you have no momentum, everything is against you, and now you have a bye week to really just kind of look in the mirror and wonder what the heck happened. I know we're going to get into our monster moment of the game, but any other just general thoughts about where we're at entering this bye week? Yeah, I mean, the Bears are obviously in a bad position because they they had a very similar situation last year where the Bears played the Vikings, going to the bye week with the win, and you know things are obviously a little different. But now this year, four straight losses. You like you said, you're down a quarterback. You see Tyler Bray in the game. It's not a good situation to be in, and there's just no way of people knowing if this will get any better. So it's just you have to wait and see probably a product that's going to be very similar to what we've seen all this year and. It's. I'm not looking forward to the Bears coming back and playing football. Let's just put it that way. Even though it officially starts now, they're going to go on their bye week. I, I don't care for for that, that that next game. It's just that's how bad this Bears offense has been, and how you know dis I guess disinterested I am in watching them play football. Yeah, right. It's like if we can just turn away and just have someone who's watching the game with us. Let us know when the defense is back on the field. Let us know if. There were somehow points scored or not, we wouldn't really be missing uh, much of anything and maybe saving ourselves a little bit of anguish here. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Um, as well, but let's go ahead, Nick. Let's take a step further. Let's give out our Miller Lite monster moment of the game. I feel like you can take this a couple of ways. Obviously, there's the big play that gave the Bears any sort of fighting chance. Uh, that's going to be Cordero Patterson's 105 yard kickoff return begin the second half gave the Bears at the time a 13 to 7 lead uh, by by far uh, the most yards that we had the entire second half as well as uh, the most points scored by a single person here Uh, on top of that I mean you have Santos as kicking but for the Bears only found only time they're able to find the end zone was that kickoff return touchdown only spark the only time I felt like we could win this game was after that kickoff return and uh, quickly after watching the Bears offense squander every possession after the fact. Uh, that's, to me, uh, why that moment was even bigger. Uh, but how about you, Nick? Do you have a, a different monster moment, or is that the biggest moment of the game? You know what? Uh, my monster moment's actually going to happen 
after Dwayne Harris has has the muffed punt, right? Mm. This Bears def- the the Vikings offense was inside the red zone at the Bears twenty yard line. So I guess the monster moment the moment would be this what they were able to do on third down and only allow the Vikings to score that field goal because it easily could have been much worse at that point in time. But it just shows this Bears defense how stingy they are to only give up one yard. One yard on three plays after a muff punt. And again, this defense was doing great things against Dalvin Cook, this Minnesota Vikings offense, and they easily could have given up right there. Not given up, but allowed a touchdown to happen because of momentum swing and just the field position. So I guess the, the monster moment is just, really I want to say that drive for this defense, but really I guess the third down play to really solidify that the Bears were able to hold the Vikings after Dwayne Harris's muff punt on the 20-yard line to just a field goal. That's a good that's a good moment. It gave the Bears yet again more opportunities throughout this game and the defense, it's a good microcosm of what they've been able to do all season, uh, which is to make up for the other units of this team. Uh, right there you were talking special teams, but all season long they've been having to carry all the weight on their shoulders and even if they do a good job at it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate unfortunately, over to a win. So that's a really good monster moment, Nick. And, of course, our monster moments are brought to you by Miller Lite because it's always Miller time in Chicago. The Bears and Miller Lite are two iconic parts of Chicago, and they go together naturally. So even though there were not any fans in Soldier Field for tonight's game, don't forget, it's still Miller time. And since you couldn't be at the field today, I'm curious, where did you find yourself enjoying Miller time during the game? Is it your man cave? your living room, out in the garage, your office. Uh, To me, tonight, it was a mixture between uh, my office and my living room downstairs. But no matter where you're watching a game, it's always better with a Miller Lite, which is the only beer of the Chicago Bears. So no matter where you're watching the game, it's always Miller Lite and Miller time in Chicago. Pick up Miller Lite for your game day needs. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Alrighty, you're listening to the Chicago Audible. This is our Week 10 Chicago Bears post-game show. Again, Bears, I don't need to say it, but I'll say it one more time. Lose 19-13, to dropping their fourth straight. And, Nick, before we talk about this Bears offense, something that really stood out to me, uh, and I talked about their blunders the entire second half. We know the third quarter is an issue. Uh, unfortunately, the fourth quarter is an issue for this unit as well. And we saw some good things in the first half, I thought, at least initially from this unit. They weren't scoring points, but they were moving the ball, and it looked fresh, kind of. And then the second half happened, and they only were able to muster like 14 yards uh, in the entire second half before that final drive when Foles got hurt and Bray came in. I'm not counting anything that happened on there. I didn't write it down, but only 14 yards uh, the entire second half. It's something that stood out to me. Do you have a stat or two uh, that stands out to you before we jump into our second quarter? You know what? I have, give, I have to give Kevin Fishbane of The Athletic credit for this stat, but he just tweeted out that tonight the Bears gained 149 yards of offense, the lowest, the fewest of the Matt Nagy era. And look, it doesn't matter if it's Matt Nagy, Bill Lazor, Whoever it is, 149 yards. That is taking it, like I was saying earlier in the show, taking it to a new low. That's, again, it, this offense is bad. We've known this for a while. But now we really see how bad it can get. 
and tonight really showed that with Bill Lazor and Nick Foles as you know the quarterback and offensive coordinator for this game it just was not good no it wasn't uh that's a pleasant way uh to put it there Nick I'll talk about some more stats for the show but just jumping in we have to now we need to rip off this band-aid I know it wasn't good let's start with one foot positive what did you see in the first half that gave you I don't want to use the word hope because I think that word doesn't mean a lot with this offense, but maybe had you thinking, all right, I guess they could potentially score points in this game. Do you have a moment or two like that? Anything you saw from Bill Lazor that you're like, well, this is a little different and this could lead potentially to some results. Yeah. So I think what I kind of noticed early on and it was different for each drive, but it was really the third drive of the game. I was just watching to see what the personnel was like and it is Bill Lazor someone that's gonna you know uh, substitute people in and out on this third drive I was I was liking what the substitutions were in terms of the personnel on the field I have in my notes like Ridley Holtz Mooney Robinson are to start the drive the very next play it's Komet Graham Mooney Robinson and Patterson and you keep it going and there's just a bunch of different personnel but it didn't seem like it was it was too much it was too clustered or to where like there was confusion even though guys were moving in and out so it looked like in terms of communication i would say that you know things actually looked a little smoother we didn't see a lot of those penalties that you normally would the the pre-snap penalties which you have to think yes not i don't want to say like hope like you were saying well but maybe a, a slight positive in in this um this bears offense just the communication but that's that's one thing that I saw. You also saw some play action, I think, being utilized where Nick Foles was, even if the running game wasn't that effective, there was play action involved. And people were open, but Nick Foles couldn't hit guys to save his life tonight. So there were some positives. And, you know, had some of these throws been completed, maybe we're talking about a way different result. Maybe Nick Foles is still healthy. But those are the few, the few things that I'll say were, were good or were okay for the Spurs offense. Yeah, honestly, for me, other than maybe getting to the line a little bit quicker, um, I didn't see a lot that was different. It seemed like we're trying to run the football, and we had some mixed results depending on who's back there, but we knew with this offensive line that wasn't going to be a thing. And then with the passing game, it felt more or less the same. You know, some quick passes underneath, trying to get to the flats, get people upfield, and it just doesn't really work. It worked on, like, the second drive when they went 70 yards on 14 plays, a very methodical drive. A lot of positive uh, plays, but the same things happen like we have seen all season. You get a sack, and you're not going to recover from it. Uh, I mean, you can't if it's on third down. That's uh, just a consistent theme that we saw from this unit all game long. But just any sort of pressure, any sort of blitz, they couldn't find a way to overcome it, combat it. Uh, I was calling for a screen on third down all game long. They do it, and it's like, oh, no, it goes negative. <laughs> like, I guess even – Typical counters can't work for this offense, but it still felt very status quo. The only thing that was different for me was Matt Nagy wasn't living in his play call sheet. That's like the only thing that I thought was remotely different than we've seen over his entire tenure here. I did see he had one down close to his hip, and I thought towards the end of the game, like, was he cheating and like looking down at it and trying to get a play call in there or two still? But I don't know. Bill Lazor, again, I knew he had a very tall order. I knew he wasn't going to be a savior. He wasn't going to just fix this offense. I was hoping for a spark, and it was very short-lived if there was one created um, at all. 
I don't even know where to take this off into discussion, Nick. It's like I wanted to talk about Lamar Miller. I was very perplexed by how they wanted to use him. It was like a decoy. Like, let's just throw him out there, fake it to him. Maybe we'll throw it to him in the backfield and see what he can do. But not one single actual handoff to Lamar Miller, which was disappointing for me. I was hoping that they can get him involved. Were you as confused as I was about his utilization? I mean, he was out there, and as a decoy, defenses were kind of following it, but it I felt like there was more that they could have done. Yeah, absolutely. There's no way that Lamar Miller isn't good enough to get a handoff in this Bears backfield where the starting running back isn't playing this game. Like, there's no excuses for that. Like, Lamar Miller... He's healthy. He's healthy now. He can be in a. I don't want to say an even effective running back. I don't know because we didn't even get a chance to really see that as a runner, just actually getting a handoff. But there's no way in hell that he's that bad to where he can't get that opportunity. And that goes again. Bill Lazor and really everything. Your heart health is the foundation of your body's performance. So if you want to stay at your peak, your heart has to do the same. Cocovia delivers the level of cocoflavanols clinically proven to increase circulation, promoting healthy blood pressure and a strong heart. Boost your cardiovascular health and stay peak with Cocovia at cocovia.com. That's C-O-C-O-A-V-I-A.com. And now during Heart Health Month, save 20% with coupon code CVHEART20. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. ...that went into the game plan that week, no, thinking that Ryan Nall was a better answer, and maybe I could see that for third down uh, with pass protection, maybe, but that's even a stretch there in itself. I mean, Will, how this team didn't have, and like to, just to take this conversation all over the damn place, because that's Go where this it. offense is yep. at, um, like when it became third, and whatever really, you know the Vikings were blitzing. Mike Zimmer was bringing the blitz. And for some reason, Bill Lazor, after seeing maybe, what, the second, third, or fourth three and out, did not adjust. And even out of halftime, what we've seen from Matt Nagy adjusting out of halftime, Bill Lazor said, Matt Nagy, I'm going to one-up you and not do anything this second half. Take that, Matt Nagy. But the adjustments, or the lack of adjustments on offense is just staggering to me to where these all these offensive guys that are you know on this Bears team, offensive-minded coaches, don't have a clue how to adjust from the first half to the second half to put their guys even in a close position to succeed. It doesn't help when people are not executing, but it's crazy for me to see that consistently, Will. Well, it's not even adjustments, Nick. We knew what the Vikings were going to do on third down. We learned that on our podcast earlier this week when we brought in our guest, Arif Hassan. He said they've been mugging the offensive line on third down, sending extra guys, and he even warned us, like, it's going to give your offensive line some fits, some nightmares. And it did. And we saw it on film. Our guest confirmed it. He discussed it. The Bears had to have seen the same thing, you would hope. Uh, you you think so, but, like, in what – reality is what you're trying to do out there even remotely going to work uh, it doesn't make any sense like I'm almost at a loss for words of how I'm trying to frame this other than they're not doing their job or they're doing their job atrociously right now and yeah Nick that one was frustrating two of 11 on third down today for the Bears uh four three and outs in a row uh in that second half so like you said Matt Nagy is the, you know the king of the third quarter and Bill Lazor wanted to show him up and show him how you can be the king of the entire second half, but that's only four third downs conversions in two weeks. And I know last week really got under my, you know, skin because the 
Tennessee Titans were the worst third down defense. I knew the Vikings were better. They're top 10. I think there are six entering this week. So I knew the Bears offense was going to struggle. Um, but the fact that you have four straight three and outs with a lead or the game just started to slip away a little bit and you couldn't do anything, you're getting, I think, like, like I said, like 14 yards on five different drives. I mean, that's just pathetic. It's, I don't even want to think about it. I don't want to talk about it. It's asinine to even have this repeatable discussion with you each and every week. I love you, man. But, like, again, it's what can you and I say about this offense other than it's broken, other than they need a whole overhaul, and it's just nothing's going to work this year. Nothing's going to fix it this year. You may have intermittent sparks. That's the best way I can maybe frame it. But it's nothing going to be even uh, close to a proficient offensive attack, and we're going to have to accept it if we haven't yet already. Yeah, I think, Will, if I can do math right, that's four of 26 on third downs these past two games. Is that correct? 15, Yes, 11. you did math. I'm proud of you. Whole, wow. Um, that is awful. That is it, – it just shows that once the Bears get to this, you know, the third down situation, it's over. Most likely it is over. The defense has won before the snap has even happened. And that, for a defense, is great. But for the offense – like I wonder if they even know going up to the line of scrimmage, like, well, we're not going to get this. We're the Bears. We're Some the Bears do. Off. Like, I, I think Allen Robinson I, does. He looks so dejected. I, that's the oh, best yeah. word I can describe his emotion out there. Complete dejection. Every time there's a ball thrown his way, even if he catches it, he's just like, whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. We'll be punting here in three short plays. But, I mean, he just doesn't look like he's – like, I heard that he threw his helmet off in frustration after, like, the fourth three and out and a half. Awesome, I guess, for showing some emotion. But it he doesn't even look like it matters to him right now. It's uh, – like, I don't even know what to do. I'm going to get paid somewhere. This isn't going to work. And he just – I think he's tired of complaining about it. He's tired of being frustrated. And I'm sure he's exhausted um, trying to figure out or really want to help lift this offense up with everything that's dragging it down. He's such a talented player, such a great guy, and he's just being wasted. I mean, there's a whole defense being wasted, but Allen Robinson himself, is uh, his time here in Chicago is going to be one I would call missed opportunities when we look back at this tenure. Absolutely. So even, like I think about even last week, Will, Darnell Mooney was someone who took off his helmet in frustration now you see Allen Robinson, the guys that are actually producing on this offense. And speaking of Darnell Mooney, two receptions, three yards, two what? Two targets. Yeah, they one of the guys that's been productive. Even though he was they open, did, he was but, open in the end zone that one play in, uh, early on in this game. Didn't have time to see him or didn't look that way. But yeah, he's one of your better playmakers, and you give him. I think the first ball was like a quick kind of bubble screen to the outside, and they, didn't they throw Anthony Miller into him to make the tackle? I, you know, well, I can't even tell you because, like, Darnell Mooney, I just forgot he was out there. And that's not – that's I don't think that's – that's not on Darnell Mooney. That's just on – what the Vikings did, credit them for, for playing the defense that they did tonight, but also just play calling in general. I think Tariq Cohen, he was like someone oh – gosh, I, I'm going to try to find the exact tweet. But he referenced that Darnell Mooney is wide open in the end zone. And he, he said it in a very Tariq Cohen-like way. And once I find this, it will make a lot more sense. So I'm not just being – or just talking. Let's see. Um, tran- okay, here it is. Damn, my dog was booty butt naked in the red zone. Next play mentality, though. Good luck, Cairo. 
referencing again Darnell Moody being wide open, booty butt naked in the in the red zone. You know what? Probably a lot of booby, booty butt naked opportunities the Bears have missed this season. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Darnell Mooney, uh, the fact that he was held uh, to that minimal of a degree just shows how much his Bears offense was struggling, uh, to say the least. And I think what really frustrated me a lot, Nick, you, we talked about the third downs and not adjusting. And then it's just the bonehead decisions. Like going to the Wildcat the second time. First time, cool, you're cute, move on. Don't do it again because the second time never works. It's not 20, what, 2009 anymore when it was like a big fad. It's, <laughs> it was a whole decade ago. It, it, maybe it works once. If you got positive yards on it, book it, be happy with it, and try to find something else. And then after the Cleo Mack interception and you're starting to get a little bit of momentum here, very first play, you hit Anthony Miller, you gain 21 yards. So what do you do with a big play from Khalil Mack, a big play from Anthony Miller? Let's just go to Ryan Nall and hand it off to him, and then we'll dump it to him in the flat for the very next play and put ourselves in third and long. I don't get it. Like Ryan Nall is the biggest buzzkill, momentum killer. Like I couldn't even imagine on this offense if you have Patterson and Pierce and Mooney and everyone else, and you're going – with Null. Like, I would have rather tried Lamar Miller there. I would have tried – I would have been fine with Patterson there. But Null, come on. No, uh, so it's funny that, like, you mentioned that whole sequence of plays because in our area there was an Amber Alert, and we missed the Cleo Mack interception. We missed the Anthony Miller reception. And then the first thing I come to is Ryan Null running. Or, no, we didn't even see that, but I see Ryan Null's pass to the fly. We're like – this is what I get to see and, and not like the Cleo Mack interception and Kirk Cousins attempt to try to tackle him, which was hilarious. But yeah, the whole sequence of plays just lined up to a Ryan Nall throw in the flat, which that's another criticism. Um, if we want to keep just adding on to this conversation, well, of, of Bill Lazor, it's like the, 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 the fascination with, with Ryan Nall, like you have Artemis Pierce, you have Miller, like these guys that I would rather see, like you were just mentioning, in the backfield get carries or targets in the flats but Ryan Nall but people say hey look what he did in garbage time you see that pass over the middle he almost broke a tackle you see that no if I swear if anyone mentions that I will lose my mind on this next podcast or right now but like those things are frustrating frustrating well so yeah again it's it's the biggest buzzkill that I can imagine giving this Bears offense that doesn't need much (laughs) if the wind was blowing just right you can already call it three and out (laughs) and maybe that was part of the equation here uh tonight at Soldier Field too but uh we talked about the running backs I mean Pierce his first carry uh, of his career about halfway through the second quarter uh right before the drive actually the drive before Nall decided to get some touches uh went for six yards which is a good positive and on top of that uh, I'm curious as to your thoughts. We talked about utilization and our gripes, and we both were concerned or, I guess, frustrated uh, with Miller not getting any carries. Uh, we talked about Nall with his one opportunity there, poor timing for it. Uh, Pierce only had three. Uh, got a total of nine. I know Patterson said this week he was the next man up, but I was a little surprised at how much of a focal point they really wanted him to be in this offensive game plan today. I, I figured they could have been a little bit more creative and looked at a couple of different uh, options and maybe had more of a rotation going, but uh, 17 carries for the Bears, if you conclude the one from Nick Foles, he had 12 of them. Not enough. Uh, 12 carries, 30 yards, uh, only 41 rushing yards for the Bears today. Uh, just want to throw that out there, but uh, were you as 
uh, confused as I am, or was that something that, based off what you heard Patterson say, you were kind of seeing it coming? No, I, I wasn't seeing it coming because that's not the strength. I'm putting the word strength uh, lightly here, but the strength of this Bears offense, what it should be, is through their actual wide receivers, Darnell Mooney, Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller. So when you're seeing even Cordell Patterson, and look, he made a nice third down reception on the right sideline to pick up the first down, which is great, but he was so heavily utilized in this game that it just it, it threw me off because, look, you had two inexperienced cornerbacks from the Vikings, and you know what the Bears did? They said, ah, oh, we're not going to even attack them with Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney, which just doesn't it it only i think adds to the conversation that everything in this offense really sucks and i don't have a a better word for that or you know just a a more articulated thought but that's what it is that's what it is at this point because you the weakness of this vikings defense those inexperienced corners i don't really see them get tested too often not by your best wide receivers at least so it just it just didn't make sense will and Again, it just kind of goes to how this year has been for the Bears offense. Years. How the years have been for Bears offenses under Matt Nagy and even way before that as well. So it it don't make sense. It don't make sense. (laughs) I was staying up late last night thinking of this defense with the 2013 offense that the Bears had when they scored the second most points in the NFL behind Peyton Manning and the Broncos. And uh, needless to say, A, that's a fruitless exercise because you can't do that. I can't have a time machine and blend those two teams, but that would have been a really killer team to kind of watch unfold uh, with Marshall and Jeffrey and Cutler, uh, Forte, and everyone's grooving. And then this defense together, that would have been neat. Uh, but we don't have that. And the reason why I brought that up, A, as I'm figuring out where I want to take this conversation, and B, uh, you talked about it, Bears offenses. Nick, we've been doing the show now for quite some time. Dating back, for you, at least dating back 2016, I'm one year prior. Is this the lowest that you felt about a Bears offense? I, I, to me, it, I think so, uh, just because of where our expectations were entering this season. Uh, heck, I mean, last year they, they burned us with our raised expectations. We did temper them a bit, um, but I never expected anything this low. Um, and watching the Bears defense, which we're going to get to in just a few moments, you know, be wasted away on that side to it. I think it adds a little bit fuel to this fire of just how pissed off I am uh, at this unit, at this side of the ball. And I think this is probably, I'm getting to the point where I'm going to say this is the worst I felt about a Bears offense since we started doing this podcast. Yeah, well, I think I tweeted last week during the Titans game that this is the worst I've seen the offense. Don't look at the final score, but hey they said wait wait for next week nick wait for monday night against the vikings i'll i'll one up you like we've been saying in this podcast well but yeah i think what's what's so frustrating will is that you know what was advertised with matt Nagy in 2018 uh, obviously he had a lot of success but he was going to bring a fresh new innovation to offensive just just offensive in general but as we've come to see over the years with each game, with each drive, it's stale. It's the same stuff we've seen, and that's what's so frustrating because you have an Allen Robinson. who You have a Darnell Mooney, and I think David Montgomery could still be a great running back if he had freaking blocking. But each – and then what, what really frustrates me, and I think this is what really resonates with a lot of Bears fans, is the defenses that are being wasted. Like this is – 
a defense that right now I've, I've said this on multiple episodes now because the same story every single time give it any other offense except for the jets and maybe you're gonna win a lot more games but that's not the case and they keep losing games despite great defensive efforts and that's what's so frustrating and you just point it to the offense every single time they just can't you can't score 20 points most most games you score if they score 20 come on you win they can't even do that well I was going to say, uh, the offense scored six. Uh, so 10 may be a, a tall order for this offense, Nick. Uh, Bears finished 2.4 yards per rush, 3.3 yards per pass. Only run the field for 24 minutes. Uh, there were consecutive, those, those four or three and outs, you're on the field for like maybe a minute uh, per drive. And uh, when you're late in the game, you're in the second half and uh, you have a defense that's still keeping you in it, um, but you're just giving them no favors. Uh, that's when you see guys uh, start to exert themselves a little bit, like an Akeem Hicks who's having to go horizontal and end up uh, aggravating, pulling, straining. We'll get the technical term later on this week. His hamstring uh, tweaked it. That would be the word I'll use for now. Uh, he was unable to return to this game, and it's just it's just unfortunate to watch. And we'll talk about this defense in just a moment. Is there anything else? you want to complain about with this offense i'm not even gonna say talk about because there's there's no discussion needed i'm worried come after the bye week if mitch is not healthy we're looking at the tyler bray show or didn't they sign that slaughter guy kyle slaughter so it could yes, be the so slaughterhouse come in two weeks that's that's what it will be with this offensive line just another injury waiting to happen but you know what i Look, I, I really hope that Nick Foles um, is able to recover from whatever this injury is. But that doesn't escape him from, I think, the bad play. Just overall bad play that he had this game. There were times where there were clean pockets and Nick Foles is missing throws. I mean, you look yep. at the the throw to Anthony Miller uh, that gets intercepted. I Could Anthony Miller catch it? Probably. He probably could, but that ball's behind him. And we've talked about it like for, forever now, Will, like, when are these? When is Nick Foles going to give his wide receiver an opportunity to get yards after the catch? That would have been a great opportunity, but it's behind him. Gets intercepted. The Jimmy Graham, it would have been a back shoulder throw to the end zone. Sails it over. Jimmy Graham, six foot six basketball player, can't get that. The throw to the potential game winning, you know, touchdown to Anthony Miller. Nick Foles steps up in the pocket, and I tweeted this out like any other quarterback would when pressure is kind of collapsing on him. Look, he steps up, but what doesn't he do? He doesn't set his feet. He throws the ball like as he's moving. Not a very athletic quarterback, I would say. And overthrows Anthony Miller. And there are other plays, like we mentioned Darnell Mooney being open. He doesn't look that way. I, I don't know where the progression's at for that one. but There's one, too, that ahead, one to Robinson over the middle of the field when he throws that rainbow to allow Harrison Smith to come back, yes. recover, and knock it out. If you would have put that thing, you know, with any sort of velocity, oomph behind it, it's a little bit, which we all know that's not his game. So I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying I would expect it, um, but those are the throws where you do miss uh, an arm like Trubisky. Now, unfortunately, in our case, Trubisky sails it anyway, and it's actually going to be intercepted um, instead of knocked out there. But again, that's just a damning situation uh, when you're a Chicago Bears fan <laughs> watching the Chicago Bears offense, and you don't have any quarterback. So, but yeah, Nick, just it's a lot of those missed throws were equally uh, damning for the Bears tonight because there were plays that were available to them. Uh, credit to Bill Lazor for it. Um, but even then, uh, there are plays from Lazor. And again, I don't know if this is play call or if this is execution 
or somewhere from the play call to the huddle and out, but like where receivers are all going to like the same spot. And it's usually in that right side of the field. And we've had that problem all year long. And I know we were talking about some of the pre-snap penalties going away, but that was still another common theme that reared its ugly head yet again. Yeah, absolutely. I would definitely say, like in the first half, offense-wise, just to maybe end this conversation, I think Bill Lazor actually called the right plays and execution wasn't there from his players. Second half, going back to the adjustments, there were none made, and now it was Bill Lazor being the problem. And again, it's still a mixture of both, but what is that all equal to, Will? Just a dysfunctional garbage offense that the Bears have and will have to run with for man, I, I kind of want the season to end right now, but five and five, so we still have a good ways away to go, and the Bears are <laughs> technically still in the running for maybe a potential playoff spot. But man, it doesn't feel like it, and I don't want to mention anything more about this offense because it frustrates me. It is almost eleven o'clock at night. I'd rather not go to bed a little, a little angry. So you're going that to with offensive football. You're going to yeah, because I'm going to write something too, and then as I'm writing, I'm just going to be typing vigorously on this keyboard i just gotta make sure not to break anything on there so oh i'm getting i'm getting riled up again well damn it (laughs) (laughs) i i feel you man i i do it's that 3.3 though yards per pass is what's really eating at me right now there are games dating back to last season 2018 when we're looking at like a six something yards per pass for mitch and we're just tearing him to shreds because he can't push the ball and then i see this 3.3 and i'm like oh wow it could, it can get worse. Uh, I don't know where that would rank this season. Uh, it has to be the worst for the Bears offensively. I'm gonna have to go back and check this out uh, tonight. But that's bad. Uh, I was gonna say no bueno. It doesn't matter. I'm trying to make it flowery, but I don't need to. They don't deserve my creative thought process right here on the fly. But <laughs> other than that, it's just again, you get to the red zone and you fail. You get just outside the red zone and you fail. You start three drives. One more thing. One more One more thing to complain about. You start three drives in plus territory and you can't even find points. You're like, you can't even knock on the door. You can't even. It's ridiculous. And not in the good way. Not like Devin Hester, like the bad sense uh, of the term. I know it's hard for us to understand as well. But all right, uh, Nick, let's move on. To the third quarter, please, uh, so we can reset, breathe a little bit, and let's talk about this uh, Chicago Bears defense. And yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is a very disorganized postgame show, so we'll just bounce around yet again. Roquan Smith, we both talked about he should be in store for yet another big game. His arrow's been trending, you know, up, 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 and here he is uh, again tonight leading the team in tackles by a good chunk with 14, including three big uh, tackles for a loss and a sack. What did you see out of Roquan today other than the fact that uh, apparently he's a magician and he can just uh, you know pop up anywhere that the ball carrier's at? You know that number 58's right there. Yeah, no, Roquan Smith was everywhere, and he was aggressive downhill. And he, man, what was that, a third down play? He popped Dalvin Cook just who's supposed to be pass blocking popped him and finished the play with a sack Roquan Smith was everywhere and he was jawing with Dalvin a lot of the defense was jawing with Dalvin Cook because when you look at the stat sheet yeah 30 carries 96 yards they Dalvin Cook did not have the game that he probably was wanting to have especially given the last two weeks how he played but this Bears defense was giving it to him and Roquan Smith was a 
big part of that. I really loved how he played and just how he's been playing. They just faced Derrick Henry last week, shut him down. They shut down Dalvin Cook. You could look at the yards, but that was a complete shutdown in terms of what the defense was able to do to him in this Monday night matchup. But Roquan Smith is phenomenal, and I love the football, the the type of football that he's playing. And if he can be on that level, this defense is going to give this Bears team a chance, as it has done all season, and it's been nice to see it's that. It's almost too good, too much of a good thing, right? Because he's going to give us a chance, whereas defense is going to give us chances, which is going to continue the frustration uh, that we're going to have as the season kind of plays out. But no, Roquan, he was my X-Factor going up against Alvin Cook, and I thought he did a great job in that battle, whether it was in coverage, uh, whether if it's attacking downhill. He had that really good run blitz, too, which we don't see a lot from Roquan when he actually blitzes into the backfield crosses the formation and makes a tackle usually he hits the gap this time he kind of went around it and with his speed was able to close before cook was even uh, able to take too many steps forward and get downhill uh you talked about it though he had uh how many total yards did he have 96 on the ground cook did Mm -hmm. 55 of those actually came after akeem hicks went down Uh, 55 and akeem hicks went down with about three minutes or so uh, left in the third quarter so he missed the final 18 minutes of this game so he played about two-thirds of the game so you're looking at 55 yards for Dalvin Cook coming after Hicks comes out so only the final third of the game I think Nick I don't know about you but as soon as Hicks was off you can just immediately feel um, a difference uh, with that defensive line and their just ability to you know clog the gaps get some uh, penetration in the backfield and of course with uh, 96 out there uh, it seemed like whenever Dalvin Cook was uh, getting tackled around the line of scrimmage, you know, Hicks was right there with him, uh, with Roquan Smith as well, and uh, immediately started to feel the impact of what this defense could look like if we don't get Akeem Hicks back soon. Yeah, it's unfortunate, especially it's Akeem Hicks's birthday today yeah. and getting injured and having such a, you know, great game against a really good running back and a Vikings team that had one, two straight and then having to leave the game, which obviously hurts this Bears defense and you can see like you pointed out well the yardage that Dalvin Cook was able to get but you know what to to kind of point out good play within this defense because there are a lot of good players that played really well tonight I thought Bilal Bilal Nichols was everywhere today too I mean look not the Akeem Hicks factor to where you know runs are just stopped but man Bilal Nichols was making a lot of plays on, on Dalvin Cook and just holding his own and I, that's you know that's a player that is obviously a young piece in the Bears defense. You want to see him keep making these these good plays, these impactful plays. Thought tonight he had a couple of those, and you you like to see that against an offensive line that had been generating a push and getting some good yardage out of Dalvin Cook these past two games. And I thought he did you know fairly well in this one. Yeah, and there's another player up front. Let's just get pass some love around. We need a little bit more positivity right now on the show. Brent Urban, my goodness, he's been trending in a really positive direction as well. We've been talking about him in the last few weeks here, and not just his air guitar, but like his ability to play defensive line and make some plays. That Really early on, um, it seemed like whenever there was a play to be made within like two yards of the line of scrimmage, Brent Urban's there. Uh, he finished fourth on the team with six tackles today. Three of them were solo, and he was someone that played with a lot of energy up front. Uh, he even drew a hold to uh, one of the very few penalties in this game. And so for Brent Urban, who was someone you know on the team last year who made a few plays here and there, and I kind of throughout the offseason was uh, trying to 
make sure people remembered that. Like in his spot role, he did a really good job. And as we see this role kind of expand, he's growing into it. He's not being overshadowed by it. We lost Roy Robertson Harris. I expected him to take a few additional reps, and I thought he made uh, the most of his extended opportunities tonight. I don't know if he got uh, a lot more in terms of snap counts. We'll see how those kind of shake out here you know, tonight, tomorrow morning, um, but it felt like he was out there a lot more, and it felt like he was being uh, a very dominant player up front for the Bears uh, all you know, no matter where he was lined up, uh, I just like to see you know Brent Urban play football. He's a lot of fun to watch, and uh, he is one of those guys up front that we talk about. Nick, there's this, uh, this is a really large and deep group. I mean, Akeem Hicks, he's going to take your top level. You know, if he can't play down, um, but behind him, it is a solid bunch of guys. Even like uh, you know uh, Mario Edwards had a couple of big plays as well. Uh, Mingo too. I know it's, we're talking defensive line. He plays outside backer, but he too had a few really nice plays and I think he's still proving that he should probably be playing more than a Robert Quinn oh man I was way off about that that itch I had remember well I, I, you know I was gonna let you have about... it but you want to bring it up you go for it I was gonna let you oh just, yeah I was absolutely let you because slide on back from that one no no I'll take I'll take that um like Robert Quinn has been a complete disappointment and I would say bust for a free agent acquisition. Oh, he's a bust. He doesn't – oh, yeah, absolutely. He doesn't provide anything that Leonard Floyd, you know, didn't do. And I think at this point right now, looking at how t- how these two players are playing, Leonard Floyd is easily the better guy, no doubt whatsoever. And it's not like teams are double-teaming Robert Quinn. That's not the case, no. He's just straight up, one-on-one, their, their left tackle, and losing. And just not even getting close. He's I would lethargic. Say. And he, like, even yeah, it's just yeah. Like, even when he's chasing down plays, or I'll use air quotes, chasing down plays, it's like a half jog. And there's plays where he's coming from the backside, and there's a couple guys like on Dalvin Cook tonight getting in there and attack. Well, Cook's not down yet, but instead of getting in out of the pile, which is how I would like to see my defenders play football, especially the big time you know playmakers to get in there, get an extra hit, maybe knock that football out. Or A, you're just playing a little bit more aggressive, which is nice as well. He just kind of runs around it, and it kind of watches the tackle happen. And I'm like, no, he doesn't want that contact. So that that worries me. And then ESPN trying to, like, pawn it off a little bit. Like, oh, well, he's good against the run, and he's setting the edge out there. You don't pay a guy $30 million guaranteed to set the edge. You can get a no-name Joe out there, tell him to go set the edge, and he'll set the edge. It's you pay someone that much money to do something more, give you some of those special plays get some of those sacks, those big quarterback hits, those game-changing momentum-swinging plays, and got nothing. Uh, he finished straight zeros across the stat sheet. Uh, that's what I'm seeing here, and honestly, I'm surprised they even put his name on it. Yeah, well, um, I kind of want to stay on this conversation. Hopefully, Spot Track can load up. I just want to see in terms of salary and position where Robert Quinn is at because he's no doubt he's up there. And it's finally loaded up, so we're going to go to quarterbacks. We're going to go defense. They probably have them, I would hope. Let's let's go outside linebacker here. And we're going to update this on spot track because he's being paid so much money. He's number – oh, actually, oh, they might have him at defensive end. Whatever. He- How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. 
Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. He's being paid way too much money to not do anything, and it's time that... I, look, you can't, You have to obviously play the guy. Like You're not going to not play someone who's making that much money, but he's not providing an impact out there. Barkevius Mingo is making plays. He is, and we did not expect that when when he signed a former first-round draft pick who's been on a bunch of different teams. That's not the expectation, but he is doing that, uh, Barkevius Mingo is, at a higher degree than Robert Quinn. So they're, I guess they're showing it outside linebacker. He's around, what, 18th in base salary for outside linebackers but i bet this that season, changes at defense they were very friendly yeah. with it this season with only like his base salary is like three mil next year jumps to 11.5 mm, that that will do that can change the year here Ooh, right maybe he's waiting till next year to play because like i'm only getting paid i think his <laughs> his cap hit is like 6.1 million this year so whatever it jumps to 14.7 million next year and i don't think they can even get out until after that year so that's uh that's a hefty decision there by Ryan Pace that we're going to really be uh, tearing him apart for. This isn't the show for it, but as we get through, <laughs> heck, if the games go this way, the, the postgame shows may end up uh, going in this direction. But that's going to be a, a tough discussion to have uh, this offseason when we get to, like I say, the franchise episodes. But, yeah, I'm actually working on something where I'm trying to find a list of uh, defensive ends, outside linebackers that were signed for less and trying to compare and see what they're doing right now. Because uh, I'm sure that's going to be homework that I'm not going to like the results, and uh, no one listening will as well. And I'll have that for our show here uh, later on this week. Uh, as we get back to this defense, though, from this game, uh, there was a point where Kirk Cousins was, uh, I'm not going to say lighting us up, but he was playing some very efficient football. I think he had his first 14 of his 15 passes. After the Cleo Mack interception, things changed a little bit. Did you see anything uh, schematically that the Bears defense did a little bit different throughout this game that maybe did give Cousins uh, some fits. Uh, I know the pass rush started to rev up for a little bit and then it fizzled out yet again, but did you see anything that uh, kind of led to that change? No, I think when obviously this offense is so oriented around Dalvin Cook and when they weren't getting, I guess, the efficient yards on those first and second downs with runs, if they did go to Cook, that I think that puts Cousins maybe not in a position where he's not comfortable, but he'd rather have you know a good pickup on those first downs. And when it came to that third, those third down situations, this Bears defense was over him. But I will say this: Will I don't know if you felt like this, but it seemed like at times there was some really soft coverage. Like there were guys catching the ball, and people were there. Like there's ten yards of space, and you're like, oh okay, so we'll give him that first down. But, it, like, it happened multiple times, and I don't know if that's just Pagano. That's got to be Pagano, but it just didn't make sense to me. It, it was weird because as good as this defense played, I felt like that happened a couple times throughout this game. Yep, you're right. I mean, I this is one where I had it in my notes. I wasn't going to mention it first uh, because I hate to put those assessments without watching some All-22 because you just don't know. Ex- the depth is it can look worse on the broadcast view than it really was. Um, but, yeah, Nick, it was easy pickings underneath, uh, by yeah. and large, all game long. It seemed like you know, usually when you have cushion, it's Kyle Fuller playing with a lot of cushion. Everyone else is uh, Jalen Johnson, Buster Screener, more than that man. 
and uh, I guess Buster Screen. I say that and I want to just get it out now. This uh, how frustrating his game was today. Uh, consistently beat uh, something that okay. So transparency time preview show. That was going to be my X Factor. Uh, my backbreaking matchup was Buster Screen in the slot. Um, but when I looked into Minnesota, they've been not they've not done that that much at all this year. Jefferson and Thielen rarely play in the slot. So I was like, you know what? I don't think we're going to see a lot of it. And then what I should have thought through was that the Vikings know the weak link, which is number 24, Buster Screen, and they know the bear, they have to show the Bears a counter or two. So that's going to be that. Yeah, you eat your taco, Nicky, and hopefully it's delicious for you. So I'll keep rambling here about Buster Screen for you, all right? Because, my God, when it's third down and you – need yards apparently just go after number 24 uh they did that with Thielen they did it with Jefferson it worked twice for Thielen for touchdowns for Minnesota both their touchdowns tonight came off of third down plays it's Adam Thielen with buster screen and coverage the first one he couldn't get his head around to look back he just put his arm out like waving hopefully I hit it you got to get your head back second one it's just beat uh there's another easy third down pickup too where he was just a little bit too far off in coverage and yeah, that was frustrating because I thought about it in a preview show. Like, this is something where it could definitely be a potential bad matchup for us. But then watching Minnesota, they've been running a lot of those. And I know that, guess, you know, they lost that tight end at Irv Smith guy. So I bet you that changed their game plan too, where they wanted to maybe not run as many two tight end sets. And that kind of led to this uh, being another uh, bad matchup for us. I, I don't know how else to say it other than Buster Screen got beat today consistently and it really let this defense down. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, you know, like the the, the touchdown receptions um, by Thielen, like you said, he's not – he's – look, there's good coverage because he's, like, right there on the first one. But it's not – it, it really isn't because there's no attempt for him to make a play on the ball. He's not going to – he's not turned around, not looking. So if, if a quarterback sees the back of a defender, that's open. Yep. You're throwing that ball because you know that defender's not looking. And then on the second touchdown reception, Buster Screen is he's in some some quicksand, cement, whatever you know analogy you want to put there. Because once Thielen makes his break, Buster Screen is tripping over himself and basically about to fall. And Thielen's in the end zone, kind of looking back, like you're not even close. I, I tweeted out like this could be a game where you might want to see what you got at your nickel corner position like he's had back-to-back games now I I believe um that he's given up touchdowns it was a great pass from Brian Tannehill to AJ Brown that's a touchdown look Buster Screen's there but he's not looking back for the ball because he's not in position to same thing happened tonight so he's he's got he's like there but he's he's not I want to see a guy that is not only in position running with the guy but almost can at the same time just turn at the last second, maybe put that hand. It's not easy. That's why nickel corner is not an easy position. Not everyone could do it. But I would love to see Kendall Vildor, but it looks like Duke Shelley is the next guy. Like, hey, give him an opportunity because he got beat. He was the weak link. The Vikings knew that. They targeted him, and good things happen most of the time. So Buster Screen, I know he posts on like social media a bunch, like I gave him my first touchdown or you know I'll rebound. I don't know, man. Like, this could be a game where, you know, Chuck Pagano looks at it. He's like, we're going to give someone else a shot. I don't know if it can hurt, right? Like, 
what are you going to do? Give up more touchdowns? And then you just throw Buster out there? And you, <laughs> I, I don't know what could change. Uh, obviously, if you put anyone else out there, offenses are going to test it. You know, Aaron Rodgers would test them. But also, I think Aaron Rodgers can impose his will on Buster's screen uh, all game. Did it last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think he probably Devontae, did. Devontae Adams in the slot. It was like a wide mm-hmm. open pass, Buster screen and coverage. And did, did he look back? See, did he look know. back on that one? He, he, no, it's a, <laughs> oh my God, I can put like all these plays on a, a replay reel and they're the exact same play. Oh, it's frustrating, Will. Frustrating, frustrating. It is, and it's real frustrating when, for me, it was the first time we get to the red zone, I saw Thielen in the slot, and I went, eh, that's not going to be good. A couple seconds later, touchdown. And then we get down there later on in the game, and we're in the same situation, and I see that matchup, I'm like, that's where they're going to go with it. I don't know how this route's going to look, but I know where this ball's going. Um, and that, too, uh, was frustrating. Something else that kind of got to me, or something at least I noticed, and uh, I think Minnesota just did a really good job at this, was there, I'm calling them like delayed motions, where they weren't motioning guys across the formation until really late uh, in the in the play clock, uh, which forced the Bears to, uh, to kind of change up their coverage right before the snap, instead of doing it soon and allowing everyone to communicate and get back on the same page. And I think that kind of helped the Vikings because there were a few plays where, due to that, they picked up their, the wrong man or they didn't know how to transition them off and uh, the Bears were just unable to get all their adjustments made to counter the motion, which watching Minnesota the last few weeks, that's something else I haven't really seen out of their offense. And I think they wanted to do that in hopes to confuse the Bears' defense, and I think it worked. Yeah, no, it definitely did. And speaking of motion, sorry to go back to this. No, off. Like, no. I didn't see much of that in offense. No. I know, I know, but I didn't. No. It was different. No. So I'm sorry. No. I had to. Like, every time I just want to, just to make myself more mad. It's, like, weird. Can we, but we're sticking with this defense. That actually played really well. Yeah, and I, I was curious to your input on that motion, and did you see the same thing? And I was think, I was hoping you would have had a little bit more to say on it, but if you don't, and if you really want to go back to that offense, I'm not going to allow you to do it. I'll mute your microphone. I, I'll eat my tacos still. That's what I'll do. Which, by the way, does not taste uh, good right now because it's been sitting for, like, two hours yeah uh, I, I i can yeah, i, I understand that, that. but we've all been there in life nick uh two hour old taco bell tacos <laughs> uh i think we've all been True. there once and we all know your pain uh fight through it at least you'll have some i'm not gonna say nutrition in your stomach but uh you'll you'll have i'm not gonna say food in your stomach <laughs> <laughs> whatever this is i'm gonna you're gonna, gonna have something in your stomach is the best way uh, i can put that i just killed the sponsor tip chance by the <laughs> well, I said I didn't like it in the beginning. It's not like they were going, oh, let's get that guy to talk about it. I don't like it, it but, <laughs> this is what we, but I got it. Okay. <laughs> there you go. This is what we talk about in another Bears fourth straight loss, Taco Bell Tacos. Yeah. Hey, what's worse, a two-hour old Taco Bell Taco or the Bears offense? Trick question is the Bears, Bears offense. offense. Yeah, exactly. But all right. Um, speaking of Buster Screen, a – an example he should watch is Kyle Fuller's play on Adam Thielen in the end zone earlier uh, when he was able to make a really good break on a ball and get his hand on it and just be in good coverage. And I think he was able to look at that football, put his eyes on it, and knock it down. So that's a, a play I wanted to highlight. Uh, it was a great play, and Fuller was one where he wasn't targeted a ton. Uh, there were a couple plays along the outside where I thought – uh, he, you know, he missed a couple open field tackles, but against Alvin Cook, it's going to happen. But there are also very few key plays that he did a good job 
uh, helping those out as well. Uh, anything else here on this defense overall, Nick? It's one of those where they're on the field a lot. Uh, they did a really good job. I just thought, unfortunately, again, it's not enough. I thought they would have been better on third down. Uh, it would have been probably the, my only other item. 8 of 15 on third down, uh, which, of course, is a little over 50%. The Bears' defense was the best third down defense still entering this week. The Vikings' offense was like pretty bad, like 24th in the NFL uh, on third down, but they did a good job of getting it to different people. I have one for like the BB and Thielen and Jefferson, and they even get things to Dalvin Cook. And they just did a good job of finding some good mass, uh, matchups that were mismatches or just good route combinations to free up some guys uh, for the right amount of depth. It's a, an amazing concept. Uh, I thought the Bears, too, had sometimes played a little soft. Uh, so I get, like you mentioned as well, but by and large, I thought they did a good job of diagnosing ways to beat this defense on third down, and they did a good job of putting themselves in third and manageable. I see a third and four, five, three, five, only three, four, four of them with double digits, and three of those came towards the end uh, when the Bears' defense was really trying to hold down the ship and try to find any way to have this game uh, end up in, in our favor. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case, but uh, yeah, I just want to say maybe that's the other surprise on defense, but also they got tired. They were on the field a lot. Offense wasn't helping. So it's things that I guess I understand. It's just when you have the best third down defense, you get spoiled sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. It happens. And I mean, Jester Jefferson had a pretty good game against this Bears defense. Mm-hmm. He was, he was open. And even, you know, making some guys miss in that secondary, eight receptions, 135 yards, and he was on, he was going against Kyle Fuller, he was going against Jalen Johnson, he was in the middle of the field where Eddie Jackson has to make a tackle, like, he, he's going to be, uh, he's going to be a force for the, for the Vikings, and, you know, Jalen Johnson, I know, is already up to the task, um, but he was doing, doing some damage against the Bears defense and giving the Vikings, you know, position to possibly get some points, but, Look, I don't want to take anything really from the Spurs even because they did their job tonight. They no doubt did their job. They stopped the, for the most part, they stopped the NFL's leading rusher for almost the entirety of the game until Akeem Hicks went out. They got an interception on Kirk Cousins. They gave their offenses their offense an opportunity, and of course they squandered it away. Yep. Uh, again, they're in the third quarter or late in this game. Uh, either it be the Harris muff or. Uh, that one play by Jefferson that beat Jalen Johnson got the bear got them all the way down to the Bears 32, and then they still stiffened up from there and only allowed yet uh, another field goal. So there's just there are plays in here where you just know like it could have been a lot worse um, if we didn't have a defense like we did. Uh, this game would have been tremendously lopsided. Uh, so I'm thankful for this defense. I do think again it's almost like that double-edged sword because if we didn't have does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Such a good defense. I think we'd say, okay, you know, who cares? It's all bad. We'll have to just figure it all out. 
offseason move forward. But when you have a talented unit like this, it just it hurts watching it go to waste. And then internally, Nick, as you mentioned last week too, like the frustration internally too uh, for these defenders, for this Bears team has to be mounting. And uh, hopefully uh, a week away helps things in terms of like maybe decompressing, but I also want them to feel uh, that, that energy, that fire. Anything else? I, I feel like I'm done uh, with this game, and luckily I'm done with the first 10 weeks of the NFL season. Yeah, and that's that's the unfortunate feeling, Will, because every time the season ends, we're always looking forward to football. But there's been too many times outside of the 2018 season where during the season we want it to be over. We want football to be over because the Bears, usually the Bears' offense is not holding its weight, and that's unfortunate, but yeah, we can move on. I saw someone, I think it was Scott, asked in the chat, will we ask the Magic 8-Ball? So I'm sure we will by the end of the show. I don't know exactly what the question is, but I think it was wrong. Uh, I forgot what we what we asked it about, but I don't know. We'll ask it another question and see what, you need what happens. A log. You, need a, you need a spreadsheet of every question you've ever asked ever, and we can check the accuracy. I'm watching, uh, speaking of your Magic 8-Ball real quick, I'm watching uh, Monday Night Countdown. Uh, it's in the background as I'm eating some food. Ah, yeah, I know you don't eat during games. So this is before the game, so it doesn't matter. And Matthew Berry had an eight ball uh, for one of his things. I was like, well, that's not creative because we do it too, but I'm sure he's d- done it before us. Um, but I was like, dang it, just when you think you do something kind of original, someone else always beats you to it, but that's okay. <laughs> I-, I like our magic eight ball. It's cool too. Um, jumping into the fourth quarter, uh, obviously, the big play, uh, the Patterson touchdown, uh, the Harris fumble uh, was another big play. And then Anthony Miller uh, actually having to return some punts uh, due to an injury. I think they called it like a tricep injury uh, to Harris. Uh, and then on top of that, Miller actually had a, a pretty decent uh, couple of returns. So obviously, he's probably excited he got a couple of those extra opportunities. I wish he would, when sometimes there's a ball thrown to him, imagine it's punted and then he'll catch it. Um, but can't really be all too picky but anything else besides any of those three items or if you wanted to elaborate on any more of those that you uh, wanted to mention for a quick hit on special teams you know it's weird that they called Dwayne Harris getting fired and benched a an injury so no I'm just kidding there but yeah once yeah so once after that muff punt and he wasn't in like well he just got fired and he's no longer on the team no but the injury the injury um, happened uh, after after that muff punt, but yeah, Anthony Miller showed some explosion and just that he look he has this one quick move where he's faking one way and then kind of just goes upfield. I like that about him. Um, he is an aggressive kind of player, and the only thing injuries have you know plagued his career and putting him at punt returns just giving him more opportunities to get injured. But it's, it's football; you're gonna get hit. Um, but it was really really nice to see like this week will in the nfl like punters trying to tackle kick returners that it, it was the packers and jags game it's just a hilarious thing to watch and that happened tonight with cordell patterson and the viking kicker or vikings punter like it's just or vikings kicker sorry they're just not going to do it and it's just funny to kind of watch every now and then hey at least we got a kicker that's still rolling a hot streak too uh that's yet another positive that we can at least look at here i mean it's sad where you've fix one problem and then a million other problems come out after the fact so again we can't choose if we can't solve everything at one time but nick we talked about a lot of bad bad things uh in this game is there one play or moment that you like to call an audible on and have a redo 
Yeah, I mean, when I when I look at it, I wonder what. So this is not maybe like the biggest moment, but that that back shoulder fade to Jimmy Graham, where Nick Foles just misses it, or even the potential game winning touchdown throw to Anthony Miller, like those throws, just the the placement, the placement of them. I'd audibly either one of them because you look at the score, touchdown wins you this game, Will. So you can have any one of those back and have Nick Foles just throw it a little bit more accurately and this game's different. Maybe. Maybe this game is different, but that's just, you know, two examples of audible. You can call an audible in the entire game this entire night, but is there anything that kind of stands out to you? I mean, those are the big ones because those are those opportunities, whether it be the one to Miller, Jimmy Graham. I, I guess those are really it. I mean, you can call and look at almost every other third down attempt and Wish it was the same. Maybe you wish Buster Screen gets his head around once and you force a field goal instead of a, a, a touchdown. So maybe I'll just throw the one of those out there too. But I think it's a game, Nick, where you know usually you can find a moment. And I think you found a moment where on the scoreboard maybe it changes the trajectory of this game. Um, but I felt like these were one of those games that it's bigger than the moment. Uh, it's bigger than that's this game. This is a game that uh, I think kind of gave us some conclusions to some of the answers that we've been kind of searching for or waiting to see what would happen could they get out of a funk could they find a way to enter the bye week uh on a positive note can they find any sort of rhythm on offense the answers are all no uh and you know Nagy gave up his play calling which is something we all wanted to see and the offensive line got Cody White here back, which I know he hasn't been having his best season, but that's better than what we've been fielding. So yeah, I think this is a game where when you look at like turning points or like defining moments, I think this is the game where I mean we kind of saw where things were going, but this will be the one right for the buy, right? Yeah, it's gonna be a an average to a below average season. And for a year that started five and one, again, twenty one days ago, we were five and one. Three weeks later, five and five right i mean four losses right five yeah. one minus four. yeah yep. yikes it's espn slow to update so sometimes they give you the bad record and i'm like i feel like we played five ten games though not nine and i'm like yeah no it's five and five so now we're at 500 at a bye week and you have the entire mc north yet again coming up it's it's going to be even if you win a few games it's like what's the best case scenario this season and it's not good uh so that's kind of where I stand, and I think this is a game that kind of just shows it's not going to be good no matter what we do. But we got to end on a positive note. Who's going to be your MVB? Uh, I feel like it's clear-cut, but you can go any direction you want. You are a free, autonomous human being. Yeah, I think uh, – wow, nice nice word there, Will. Um, I'll, go, I'll go with Roquan Smith. I think that's you know the easy choice. He, he deserves it. The man was everywhere. everywhere. You could blink one way – turn your head he's already on the other side if you you look that way Roquan Smith was after Dalvin Cook and just really showing showing that why the Bears drafted him number eight overall in 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 2018 draft like he is that type of guy he's that guy especially given how he's been playing lately and I know it was a rough start to the season or not the 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 season that we were anticipating but he has been stellar and tonight's game really proved that so he's easily 
my MVP. I was almost thinking Bilal Nichols for me, just in you know, just for the plays he was making. But no, it's it's Roquan Smith, and he really deserves to be the MVP of this one. Uh, I'm going Roquan too. Uh, obviously, I predicted him to be the MVP, so I have to stick with it. I mean, he was, I mean, he was your MVP. He was by and large the most productive, most dominant player we had on defense all game long, and he was a big reason why we were able to hold down Dalvin Cook uh, as much as we did. And by the way, Nick, real quick before we wrap up the show, uh, I know we'll have a bye week show coming up here later this week, but is it time to start putting confidence into the run defense again? Because I was hesitant, uh, but these are two weeks in a row where they did a really damn good job against two prolific and different running backs. Yeah, if they could stop the back-to-back NFL leading rushers, what makes you think that they can't stop everybody else? Like, they have been putting up this Bears defense good performances in in their rushing defense, and that is something that wasn't happening early on this season. So, yeah, I think we can put some stock in and some confidence in this run defense that it really has improved, I think, throughout the course of the year, but specifically in these past two games. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about it. I'm going to sleep on that one. Uh, again, I feel like I'm like, if I get my confidence back and my hopes up, uh, ten, bad things tend to happen. But all right, Nick, uh, what's going to be, uh, I guess it's time to jump into our, our two-minute warning, which I think I have the countdown somewhere. So you ready to go? Two-minute warning? Let's do it. All right, there it is. Um, well, the Bears are 5-5, five and five, as you all know. Four straight losses going into a bye week. But there's no hope for, I, I believe, this season to turn around on, on a positive note, given that, look, the Bears have tried new quarterbacks, new offensive coordinators, just trying things and getting the same exact result. And most likely what we'll see coming out of this bye week is Mitchell Trubisky, given that Nick Foles left with a what looked like and appeared to be a serious injury. So now it could it be a back a switch back to Nagy being the play caller and Mitch Trubisky at quarterback? Does that create a spark? No, I think it does. Probably the exact opposite. We thought maybe this game changing the play caller. You know, obviously Nick Foles going in would create a spark for this team. It hasn't, you guys. Like their reality has to set in. This offense is broken far more than a new quarterback play caller. And even adding different players of upgrades on the offensive line, it's just broken. And that's that's what's so damning about this entire situation. There's still games left to be played in the 2020 NFL season. But I can already tell you there's no hope for this to get any better. So I think schematically everything, I think that's where you go dive deeper into the problems of this offense. That's, that doesn't work. And when that doesn't work, it doesn't really matter what players, what play callers, what quarterbacks you put into this thing. It's just not going to give you the results that we're all hoping to see. So with that being said, I know I have 25 minutes on this ticker, but I'm going to ask this a question. Will this offense get any better? And hopefully this Magic 8-Ball doesn't screw up. And we have a result. And, of course, it's going to waste all my time here. Will it get any better? The answer, oh, that, yes. Definitely. Oh, you know okay. why? Because it can't well, like, get it worse. It was pretty bad. Yep, exactly. So that will end it for my two-minute warning. There you go. Uh, <laughs> jumping. Wasn't in- expecting that magic eight ball. Hey, right? Hey, it's all right. So jumping into my two-minute warning. 
it's like, where do we go from here? It, it, I'm just going back to the fact that, again, it was three Mondays ago that we knew, like, I mean, all the talking in the NFL was like the Bears are the worst 5-1 and one team in the NFL, one of the worst 5-1 and one teams that we've seen in such a long time. And, you know, as Bears fans, of course, we're watching things through our lens and things at that point seemed, you know, rainbow, sunshine, everyone was smiling, everyone high fives. I mean, life was great. And then I think reality starting to set in where probably those people who were saying it at the time, I think they had uh, something right to say and maybe we should have listened to kind of brace ourselves for the impact uh, that we're all feeling right now. It's uh, like you, Nick, I don't think it's going to get any better. The Magic 8-Ball says it will, and obviously that's because it can't get worse. Uh, but I bet you it's just going to be status quo, uh, at least offensively for the rest of the year. Uh, if we do get Mitch back, which I hope we do, uh, I don't want to have to turn to a third string fourth string practice squad type of a guy uh, I think we all know what kind of signal that sends to the season regardless at least with Mitch he's on a tryout basis again right not here probably in Chicago obviously with everything going on but for his future and honestly with everything that he's gone through and uh, the type of guy that I know he is I want to see him knock that thing out of the park and give himself uh, put himself in a good situation for his future moving forward and maybe this offense can figure out a thing or two that they want to carry into next season. But hopefully uh, the bye week brings some of these changes sooner rather than later. Defensively, everything that we've been wanting to see, I expect them to be still a top-five unit uh, the rest of the way. Injuries, uh, you know, pending, of course. Uh, we'll see how that shakes out. But, yeah, I heard that Nick Foles, Nick, uh, Nagy said he was hurt bad. Obviously, whenever you bring the card out, uh, unless you're in Rogers, uh, I had to bring that one up too. Uh, that's usually a very uh, serious uh, outcome for sure. But uh, for me, as it hits the bye week, Nick, I just want to take a break and relax, breathe, reset, regroup. This is the longest stretch that you and I have actually done like shows in a row, like 10 weeks. We've always had a bye a little bit sooner, somewhere in the middle. Uh, and this is the longest stretch, and I, I, I bet you're like me, uh, balancing day job, and you have grad school on top of everything else. A little worn down, uh, so I'm going to take this bye week to kind of regroup, refocus, refresh as we kind of enter uh, a little bit more into the second half of this uh, Chicago Bears season. And I hope they give us some reason for excitement, but I can't hold my breath. No, I agree with you, Will. Um, this break is going to be much needed. Um, and I have finals this week, too, so it's just yeah, – it, it's it kind of works perfectly that there is this break. One one thing, Will, and I said I'd do this on the last preview show, and I just completely forgot. My man Armando at Bears Fit, who watches the podcast, came up to me. He's like, you're Nick from Chicago Audible. I'm like, yeah, like I love the podcast. Armando, you're awesome. Thank you so much. That's why even in these dark times, we love doing this show. And, we look, we would rather be talking about – would love to be talking about a Bears victory, but that isn't the case. But it's people like you and all the people that have supported us throughout the year. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Is that why we always come back and are happy to do this? Absolutely. We also got a, a super chat a little bit ago from Michael. I wrote down the name real quick. Uh, thank you so much, Michael. Again, uh, throughout even uh, these really tough late nights, uh, 
it it puts a smile on our face and it makes it all worth it. All the extra work, determination that we do just to put out this show. Uh, we really do appreciate that level of support. Uh, that's going to do it, though, for this episode. I want to thank everyone who's watched live. A lot of you here. Uh, it's late. It's Monday night. I'm sure you all have better things to do. So uh, go get some rest uh, unless you're in uh, the U.K. and Europe. There's a lot of fans out there I know right now who are just starting their days. Uh, probably not on, on the best foot, though. Uh, make sure to subscribe, rate, review our show on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that way we can reach more Chicago Bears fans just like you. Up next, it is the bye week, but Nick and I will figure out having some sort of bye week special uh, like we usually do. But until then, uh, enjoy Monday. Oh, Tuesday. It's actually Monday now. So enjoy Tuesday. Uh, get through the week. Uh, we'll talk to you as soon as possible. Um, but until then, bear down, Chicago. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.